We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we're pleased to be joined by Amy Parmenter, Manager of Public and Government Affairs for AAA, and Amy Watkins, Program Manager for Watch For Me CT. We are talking this morning about an alarming increase in the number of pedestrian fatalities in Connecticut. Amy Parmenter, let's start with what the numbers are showing us. So there's a new report out by the Governor's Highway Safety Association that essentially says that pedestrian fatalities are as high as they've been in more than 30 years. And so the word you used is alarming. And that is certainly true, especially because in general, we see a decrease in other types of um, motor vehicle fatality issues, or maybe just a small increase of about 2% compared to an almost 50% jump in the number of pedestrian fatalities. And, you know, if you listen to the news at all in Connecticut, this is likely not news to you because every time you turn on the TV or the radio or check your phone, you're going to be seeing news about a pedestrian who was struck and seriously injured or struck and killed. So this is certainly something that AAA is trying to raise awareness about. And these numbers um, really tell, tell a disturbing story. Now, Amy Watkins, tell us what Watch For Me CT is. Watch For Me CT is a program that was started in 2017 by the Department of Transportation here in Connecticut. Um, And that program, it's an educational campaign that runs throughout the whole state, and it's run through Connecticut Children's Medical Center. And uh, together, we all work to raise awareness about the issue and also educate drivers and pedestrians about what they can do to be safer on the roads. For either, Amy, what do you think is behind this this increase in pedestrian fatalities? Well, that is certainly the $64,000 question. And unfortunately, it's not just one answer. Um, there are a lot of issues that come into play. Speed distraction. We know that most of the pedestrian fatalities happen at night. So certainly visibility is an issue as well. But um, and then also impairment. Uh, Alcohol is a factor in almost 50 percent of all pedestrian fatalities. And that's impaired driver and also impaired pedestrian. So there are just so many different ways that this issue needs to be approached 
that first and foremost, we want to raise awareness on the part of the driver and then also on the part of the pedestrian. A lot of these crashes happen um, and these fatal crashes happen when someone is crossing not at a crosswalk. So that would be, you know, for starters, we want to encourage folks to cross at crosswalks in areas that are well lit. Uh, When it happens at night, obviously the visibility comes into play. So it's really critical that everyone look out for each other. And I, I think that not only do people need to be crossing in crosswalks, but I think one of the things that we've learned um, lately is, is looking at some of the videos that have surfaced of some various crashes that have occurred is that people need to really take it into their hands and not just trust that they have a, a walk signal or they, they they should have the right of way and they don't bother looking or or taking into consideration that they might not be seen or that a car might not stop for various reasons like impairment or distraction. And we want to really bring it home to people that it's up to you in the end to really make sure that you are seen before you step out into the road. Um, we're losing far too many people, um, even even in crosswalks, even trying to do the right thing, but but just hoping that someone will stop or see them. And it's not always the case. And it's up to us to, to step out when we really know we're safe. Yeah, that, that's such good messaging, Amy, because we, we like to say, you know, it's not about blame. It's about prevention. And I think often, for instance, pedestrians might think that they have the right of way. And in theory, they certainly do. But if someone doesn't see you, so we encourage people to look up. And even if you can, possibly, you see an oncoming vehicle, try to make eye contact with that driver or at least something so that you know that he or she knows, you know, that that you're present. As Amy Parmenter mentioned I think most people know that pedestrians have the right of way in crosswalks. Do you think that might give them a a false sense of security and an air of confidence walking out into the middle of a street in a crosswalk? I think absolutely. Absolutely it does. Um, We we rely on the system. We say, I've got the light, I've got the right of way, and and we're all comfortable in our environments. and, And we start to take our safety for granted. And we think, of course I'm seen or of course they'll stop. And, and, and that's, that's a bet that you don't want to make. And, um, and I think people, they do, they get a little bit lax and they step out uh, between parked cars or they uh, are not at a crosswalk or, um, or even if they're doing all the right things, but you still like you, you have to be the one to know if you're safe or not safe, because maybe someone else is not looking out for you like you thought. And also, as we've pointed out, um, the great majority, but certainly not all of these fatalities happen at night. And you see people, I know I've experienced it myself with folks who are wearing all black Mm -hmm. and um, you you really may just not see them. Uh, One of the things we know is that a lot of these crashes happen on local roads And so the local roads may not be as well lit as, let's say, a downtown area. So it's not uncommon to see someone crossing the street at the very last minute if they're dressed in all black or otherwise not visible. And that's without the distractions, without the impairment that we also know come into play. And another factor here is that more people are driving SUVs. And if you get struck by an SUV, you're more likely to get killed. So the number of pedestrians who are being killed by SUVs has jumped significantly compared to your average passenger car. And that also Um, is a factor in this increase. 
Is the issue of self-driving cars also something that, that's being tracked? Is that an emerging problem, do you think? Well, I don't think it's an emerging problem to this extent that it's contributing to this particular th- these particular numbers, but it's interesting that you raise that because, of course, AAA does a lot of research around uh, these autonomous technologies. And one of the latest research that we did showed that these pedestrian detection systems that are now in a lot of new cars, that they're basically ineffective at night. In the testing, more often than not, they did not see the pedestrian at night which is when 75% of these fatalities are happening. So we still have a ways to go in terms of that, but I wouldn't say that that's a significant contributing factor at this point. I don't think people are saying like, well, my car will just stop itself if someone walks in front of the vehicle. But I also want to point out, you know, as Amy and I go back and forth here that, um, you know, and a lot of numbers get thrown around that these are not just numbers. You know, that's something that we're very sensitive to at AAA, and I know Watch from ECT, and I have to give a shout-out to the Highway Safety Office at the DOT for their efforts because they're not just numbers. They're people. They're brothers and sisters and children and, you know, family members and friends. And the fallout from this type of um, th- this type of information is just tremendous and far-reaching. Also on the topic of vehicle technology, I know electric vehicles are a lot quieter. And in fact, some manufacturers have built in sounds to alert people that, hey, there's a vehicle here and it's moving. Yes. So that's a really interesting point that you make. And that was definitely a problem. And moving forward, though, they've actually identified Uh, what the decibel level is that I think it's going to be mandatory that even electric vehicles have a certain decibel level built in a sound so that they can be heard as well as seen. Now, daylight saving time arrived early this morning, and that poses some new challenges for both drivers and pedestrians with, you know, people's time schedules changed a little bit. That's right. I mean, not only do you lose the hour of sleep, but now the morning commute, as an example, is going to be different than it was last week. And so that's another issue that AAA is trying to just kind of wake people up to. Um, Sorry if it's a little bit of a rude awakening and you lost that hour of sleep, but the drowsy driving, the distracted driving, all those things that you need to be extra aware of and diligent about as you head into the work week. Now, Amy Watkins, I think a lot of people are familiar with distracted driving, but there's also the issue of distracted walking here, right? That is something that that people have brought attention to. Um, and it's true that, that people... Um, walk and talk and look at phones and 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 that's part of life and i think what we can't expect that people will always walk and wear a reflective vest and never look at their phone Um, but what i want people to know is when they come to intersections when they need to get into a danger zone that they do stop and take that extra moment to pay attention because really it's up to you in the end. And um, so taking those headphones out for that critical point or just pausing your conversation to double check that no one's coming and then getting back to your conversations and as you continue down the street um, is, is important. 
And this also extends to bicyclists too, doesn't it, Amy Parmenter? Yeah, so when we say pedestrians, we are also referring to anyone who's not in the motor vehicle. But, you know, the bicyclists are, are certainly a vulnerable population. And, um, you know, we, we've heard over and over again that the importance of sharing the road. But that's definitely something that I think we could all all do better with. Um so I'm not sure how that really factors into these pedestrian numbers per se. I did take a look at them and I didn't see the cyclists as part of the numbers that I was looking at. But, um, you know, that that's certainly a message that we would want, want to put out there. You know, everyone has to look out for everyone. Exactly. Everyone has a responsibility. If it's the, the driver of the motor vehicle, giving the cyclist plenty of room. If it's the cyclist obeying traffic laws as if you were driving a car and, and also making sure if it's dark, you have, you know, a, a light or something on your bicycle so people can see you. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We're talking to Amy Parmenter, Manager of Public and Government Affairs for AAA, and Amy Watkins, Program Manager for Watch for Me CT. Amy Watkins, tell us about the laws currently on the books when it comes to pedestrian safety. Okay, well, definitely, as you mentioned, we have the three-foot passing law. That's something that applies to bicyclists and also pedestrians. It's where the drivers of automobiles should be giving at least three feet, which is not very far, so more if if possible, when you're going by someone, a vulnerable user on the road. And it is legal to cross the double yellow line in a, in a no-passing zone as long as there's no oncoming traffic and it's safe to do so, so that you can give that bicyclist or pedestrian three feet. We also have... Um, uh, a lot is happening in the legislature um, with Roland Lamar introducing some um, some some bills and things that are, are going to be talking about crosswalk safety and trying to change the law to uh, allow for people to not have to step into a crosswalk to get a car to stop, but can be on the sidewalk and signaling that they would like to cross. Because um, currently, you by our law, you have to step into the crosswalk, which can be difficult and dangerous if you have any kind of a physical impairment, especially. And there's also some um, movement towards trying to let municipalities change their speed limits, lowering their speed limits, because a speed is directly correlated to injury and death. And even an increase of five miles per hour can mean life or death to someone um, that is outside of a car. So allowing municipalities to make the, those decisions on lowering their speed limits is also something that's in this bill that, that is working its way through now. That, that's a good point when it comes to crosswalks because I've seen motorists sometimes try to play kind of beat the clock with someone walking toward a crosswalk and knowing that maybe, you know, you don't have to stop unless they're in it. But, you know, it, it's always good to, to approach that with caution and stop if in question. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned Roland Lamar. Um, he is the co-chair of the Transportation Committee, and he represents New Haven. And as we both know, New Haven has had a significant number of pedestrian fatalities already this year. So I know that it's really hitting home from for him. He's a traffic safety advocate, and you know we really appreciate that work. So thanks for raising that. Amy Watkins, additional fines have also been proposed to, to help enhance pedestrian safety. In your experience, can that help? 
I, I think so. I think any kind, anytime you bring enforcement, it's not only about uh, education, about what people should be doing t- um, for safety, but it's also engineering and enforcement. So in bringing in the police departments and making sure they understand why, the, why this is an important issue, getting some funding for uh, agencies to be able to enforce laws and having punishments out there for people who are um, not stopping at crosswalks, who are distracted. These are important things. Um, and then the engineering, is that's when it comes down to how we design our roads and and um, and our speed limits and things that encourage safer driving. But that enforcement piece is an important piece to changing behavior. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really a complicated issue. I'm thinking as you're talking here, for instance, you know, just police recruiting in general is a challenge these days. So if you have a smaller number of law enforcement officers out there, and I can just imagine that they're writing a ticket for someone who's jaywalked, as an example, and, you know, the the, the person who just jaywalked and got that ticket, they're not going to be too happy, and they might say, don't you have something better to do, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of pushback. And even the law enforcement, may, maybe they do have other priorities that they are focused on at this time. But in the meantime, you know, the pedestrians are, are paying a price. So that that's why at AAA, we really want to raise everyone's awareness, uh, the pedestrians and the drivers, so that you can kind of take your own responsibility. I mean, literally, you're taking your own life into your own hands. And it's not about who has the right of way or how many tickets should police be um, writing. It's a matter of trying to change this disturbing trend. And you mentioned um, people with the thought of maybe there's something better we can be doing. And I just want to bring it back to that that human impact. We've lost so far this year in 2020, we've lost at least 15 pedestrians. That's about two people a week Mm. have died from being involved in a crash with an automobile on the road. These are pedestrians, not this is just strictly pedestrians. And so this is this is an important issue that that is affecting our, our families and our community. And we need to be focused on this. We need to have the enforcement. We need to have the education and the engineering changes because we are losing people. And another thing that we've noticed, this trend, that 79% of the pedestrian fatalities we've had this year so far have been people over age 55. So this is affecting our older population. It's a burden on some of our most vulnerable people. And so it's something we have to take in not take for granted anymore that that traffic fatalities are a part of life because they don't have to be. Yeah, and that that you and I were discussing this earlier. That is definitely uh, something that we're seeing, AAA seeing in other states as well. The impact that this is having on the the I hate to say older population as I find myself, you know, part of that population. But yeah, it, it really is a, a factor. And again, we've talked about visibility and. Um, You know, we also have an older population of drivers uh, who may have limited visibility. And so the combination of things, as we're finding, is deadly. What factor is impaired driving playing in, in some of these pedestrian crashes? Is it a, does it play a role? It's it's significant. Uh, we find uh, that the statistics show that alcohol plays a factor in almost 50 percent of all pedestrian fatalities. And I believe that the both 
um, impairment of the driver and also the pedestrian. I believe the number I saw was that in around 34% of the crashes, it's the pedestrian who's impaired. So again, the responsibility is on both sides, but that alcohol impairment and potentially even marijuana, um, I know there's been some research that has shown an increase in Uh, pedestrian fatalities in states that have legalized marijuana. Of course, you can't say that because of this, then that, but it is what the data is showing. So um, again, impairment, big factor. Now, when it comes to marijuana impairment, is there a great test to test for that? So there is no test to test drivers for uh, impairment by marijuana roadside. It's a drug that is completely different than alcohol. It's absorbed in the body different. One's water-soluble, one's fat-soluble. So this is really kind of the complicating factor in terms of potentially legalizing marijuana. It's why AAA, uh, it's one of the reasons AAA is against the legalization of recreational marijuana. You might hear that a roadside test is coming, but again, because you cannot measure, and because the measurement of the THC in the blood is not a correlation to impairment, at the very best, the test that is coming would measure recent use. And certainly that would be an interesting tool in the toolbox, but it does not mean impairment any more so than if I went out and I had a glass of wine at lunch, that doesn't mean that I'm drunk. So, and I just recently consumed alcohol. So the same way we would be able to tell possibly that the driver had recently used marijuana, but that doesn't mean that he or she would necessarily be impaired. And that's, you know, we could get into a whole other conversation then about what we can do, but um, AAA is supporting and promoting the training of our law enforcement officers in drug recognition so that they can help to take on this problem that already exists on Connecticut's roads. Now, in our final few minutes, let's recap some of the tips for both drivers and pedestrians. Let's start with drivers. We want to tell drivers to to pay attention, to not be distracted, to not be impaired, and to very importantly, slow down. We have a very car-centric culture that is is focused on getting everywhere as fast as possible to whatever detriment <laughs> should happen, and we need to change that. We need to share the road with all of the other modes of transportation, walking, biking, scooters. Everybody is trying to get somewhere, and slowing down and sharing the road and looking out for your fellow citizens and neighbors, it will make all the difference in the world. And Amy Parmenter for pedestrians? In terms of pedestrians, first of all, making sure that you're visible, doing whatever you can to be visible, trying to make that eye contact with the drivers so that you know you're being seen. Stay in well-lit areas. Cross at the crosswalk. Limit distractions. Don't wear headphones. So anything that you can do. And then, of course, that impairment issue also uh, is going to compromise your reasoning even. So anything that you can do to make sure that you are being seen and being safe is going to be a step in the right direction. And for going back to drivers, you know, people may see that that school zone sign or or crosswalk sign and think, okay, I need to be on higher alert. But it can really happen anywhere you're driving. 
Absolutely anywhere. We've we've heard of people, you know, they're they're going crossing the street to get their mail on a, on a nice side residential road and they don't ever make it back to their house. And this is something that is in our cities, it's in our suburbs, it's on our highways. Um, it's really anybody anywhere. And if we just take some time to pay attention and slow down and look for others, and if you're not in a car that you are aware that you are the one in charge of your safety a lot of the times and making those decisions about when to step in the road when you know you're going to be safe. Amy, where can people learn more about Watch For Me CT? You can go to watchformect.org. We have a website with tips for drivers, pedestrians, and bicyclists. We have uh, reviews of laws and have a lot of resources for all of the different populations that are affected by this. She is Amy Watkins, Program Manager for Watch For Me CT, joined by Amy Parmenter, Manager of Public and Government Affairs for AAA of Greater Hartford. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.